Here's the latest CSM interview from Talking in Stations. CSM incumbent Sort Dragon, how are you doing? Lots about yourself. Good, thanks. So I was trying to figure out where your name is from. I think it's Dragon Ball, but I'm not sure. Where does Sort Dragon come from? Uh, so I had, since I was a kid, I had an infatuation with dragons. And um, when I created this character, I was living in Denmark and uh, sort in Danish means black. So it was a play on words to call myself Black Dragon. And to this day, uh, these days, people just tend to make fun of it for like, oh, you're sorting dragons kind of thing. But uh, so I regret making the name, but that's the the main reason behind it. I always liked the name. I just couldn't place it. I thought it must be some anime thing I didn't know about. No, I've never been into anime. Actually, no, my wife is, but I've never, never known anything about anime or, or anything regarding that. So, yeah, it was just basically me trying to be funny back then. It was just the same about most veterans these days when they make their names. They thought it'd be funny back then, and then they're still playing the game 15 years later. And yeah, tell me about it. Like NC dot, that name has too much mileage to change it, but it was a time where they wanted to change it. So your character, was that always your character, Sort Dragon? No, I had another one, but I was a peon and I don't use it anymore. So no one really knows about it, so I let it tie. So Sword was, Dragon was the one I made famous. So this is the one that really carried you? Yeah, famous or infamous, as you can see. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, because you have a huge history. If you look back at EVE, some of the pivotal moments, you kind of keep popping up over and over again. Can you tell me like where you started and what it was like? Um, so as Sword Dragon, I, I had a little bit of time in Bob, but my most my my starting of having an influence in zero point zero was when one of the guys that was a director in Evolution um, saw an opportunity to send me into Razor when Razor was invading Delve in Delve. Of one, I think it was. Um, so I joined as sort into a corporation called um, CEI, which was the main corporation of Razor back then. Um, and I was sent in to gather some information about them and see what their plans were for Delve at the time. Um, and oh, a spy. yeah, that's kind of yeah. It was it was something new for me. Um, I didn't want to join Evolution at the time. Um, I don't even think I was that character was good enough to join Evolution. Um, so yeah, that was my decision. So I, I'm not sure I understand. So somebody saw something in you and said, "Hey, you want to spy for me in this uh, razor?" No, it was more of a. It was more of an example that the chance to go in and have a have entrance into the into the corporation. It was um, just me trying to have a bit of fun, and yeah, I just spent some time in in Iron and I think it was Iron um, and uh, and Razor at the time. And it was just screwing around while the big war was going on back then. I think it was Delve 1. I'm pretty sure it was Delve 1. Yeah. We're talking like, what, 2007? Yeah, something like that. 2007, early 2008, yeah. Well, the first time I came across your name was when you became the head of uh, Honey Badger Coalition. So before we talk about that, did anything happen between Bob and you taking the lead at Honey Badger's? Oh, God, yeah. I had a big influence in um, IT at the time. Horrible name to this day. Yeah. Um, but it was, um, I was given the option to join Evolution or to join BNC. 
and the difference was evolution in the time the the director that had offered it me to me i'd gone through the recruitment process and i was pretty like pretty interested to join and then i found out that i had to give up all my assets um and i didn't want to so i um right a friend of mine they're in communist, denmark right or socialist right yeah they were the they're the, they're the most i think the i think the term is communist yeah i think they're the, they're the most famous communist corp in the game um and they're probably one of the richest as well um so yeah and then one of my friends from denmark um the the, the guy said okay well i can suggest you to someone else and he suggested me to uh, a guy called coronel which was the ceo of bnc back in the day um so I joined them uh, as kind of a, a pilot at the start and took over FCing a little bit during the the fights that when IT formed after all the the ex Bob Corps came together again and we did the one of the biggest dread fights of back in the day in New Tech I think it was in Syndicate and we were famous for we lost that dread fight but three hours later everyone still stayed up and we invaded a system called P and Q um, in Fountain and that was the that was the the reinvigoration of of um of uh, IT's day, and then a little known fact is the day that that goons disbanded under Cartoon's leadership. Me and Manny were the ones that secured um, Delve that morning. Um, me for IT, him for I think he was in AAA at the time. Yeah. But then yeah, I spent a long time in IT. Towards the end of IT, we decided to disband BNC, and by that time, I was one of the main leaders of, of BNC, and that was where my corporation, we disbanded BNC and created my corporation, and then I joined NC Dot, and then there was a lot of things that went on with NC Dot at the time. Um, I helped Vince lead it for a while, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to PL uh, with my corporation, and then from there we went to um start then i that was when i took over leadership of the honey budget coalition and that was probably one of the darker points in my career um right. listened to too many people and yeah. uh, that came down like a pile of shit let me back you up just a second i think that big fight the exchanges between nc and it alliance i remember that was the first time i was writing i think if, if it was the same one where there was a ton of dreads lost yeah, that would be Max. Um, I think we called it Max 3. Yeah. Really and it was the fight in Pure Blind. I actually lost a Wyvern in that fight, in that um, in that war. Yeah. When did you actually start flying capital ships, like or super capitals? Um, my first Wyvern was 2008. That was back when, when Wyverns were a big deal. Uh, well, not Wyverns, but super caps as a whole were were kind of fun to fly. That's a long time ago when actually they could influence a battle pretty easily. So Honey Badger Coalition comes along. You were in PL, but you actually left PL to be the head of a coalition, which was kind of interesting. Why did you do that or how did that work out? Uh, so I, I I was actually leading the Honey Badger Coalition while I was still in PL. And I had a, a falling out with, um, with, it was actually with Grass at the time actually regarding um some things that happened with members of pl and members of test um and the reason i ended up as the leader was simply because no one wanted to do it uh and in and in hindsight i probably wouldn't have taken it had i had i known what i was in for at the time 
I believe it was, uh, they went through a bunch of leaders or test went through a bunch of leaders at that time, didn't they? And they were really volatile. Yeah, it was, it was a tumultuous time for test. Um, I, I still to this day, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very sure of my part, but I, I feel that back then I was very heavily played and, um, at times when I was told by my wife that I should shut up and uh, not listen to people, I didn't. Um, and yeah, that ended with me with a lot of egg on my face is probably the better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Honey Badgers, again, is the coalition that Money Badgers was based on later on for people that don't know that. So it's significant in that it was a big coalition at the time. After Honey Badgers, you went on to somehow end up with Russians. Yeah, so after the uh, the Honey Badger Coalition, we turned into um, Tess decided to leave. And I was put into this weird relationship. I didn't actually join the Russians then. Straight after Tess was a, the group, Tess left the Money, the Money Badger, or Honey Badger Coalition at the time, and it became the Dinner Coalition, which was Initiative um, Phrases Alliance. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and a couple of different, different alliances. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that died in a fire about six months later. Um, and yeah, that's basically how that ended up. Mm. Um, and then I, what, what happened after that? And I do remember that collapsed. And I uh, I was offered by an old friend of mine, um, the guy that actually originally created Darkness, was a guy called Skiller, and uh, he was in B and C with me back in the day when we're in Bob and, and IT and that. And so I joined Darkness with all the corporations that I had from the Alliance Hibby Dragons. And that's how we ended up in Darkness because Darkness was the English-speaking alliance of the Russian alliance back then called Darkness and Despair. That's it, Darkness and Despair. And that's who you were with in 2000, was it 14, January? You were in BTEC R? Yeah, so BTEC R came about yeah, it still annoys me to this day. Um, BTEC R came about because I was leading the Russians, um, the Darkness and Despair guys, Solar Fleet, uh, and a few other alliances against NC Dot and PL. And even though they, to this day, it took them two years to admit it that the person that was leading BTEC R was myself on that side. Um, Luz took all the credit. Uh, I had some problems in my real life and I came back to Eve about three months later and Laz was the, the hero of BTECR, except anyone who was there that day knows that he had food poisoning and spent most of the day on the toilet. <laughs> oh my God. So BTECR, you were the one that charged into it with the Russians, right? Because they were the first ones in. Yeah. So what happened is we um we didn't understand what was going on because Manny, Manny was in MTO that day fighting Black Legion at the time. And uh, he, this is this is what's really strange is that the TCU went off, and we took because generally in, when it comes to super capital fights, um, you would you'll you'll count how many supers your hostiles have, how many you have, and then decide if you want to take the fight or not. Um, and we saw what PL and NC dots numbers were, we saw what ours were, and no one like we were ready to go. Um, and it was myself, Union, the leader of Darkness and Despair, and Maktep. And the decision was basically, we're going, you better back us up. 
Uh, because Laz, I mean, contrary to what I just said, if, if Laz hadn't have given the orders for goons to go in with us, then yeah, the, the, the fight would have been lost. Um, so he had a, a massive part in it. But we jumped in. The, the union asked me to make the call. And I said to Maktep and union, we're going in. And so we went in uh, and last followed. Um, it could have gone a lot different, kind of like what happened with Tess not jumping into the XIX fleet. Kind of Recently, thing. yeah. Yeah. So that was m- massive props to the goons there. They hadn't, um, they hadn't had the most experience with, uh, with Supercats before then. Um, and I'd had a lot of experience in the past. Um, and we just lost a massive dread battle the weekend before. We'd lost like, I think it was 600 dreads in one day a yeah. weekend before. And those kind of losses hadn't been since, seen since Germinate times. Yeah, and had GP just before that. Yeah, exactly. And so props to the goons for jumping in. I mean, the Russians have always been the people that are not conservative when it comes to that stuff, or, or the Russians back then were. Um, and we jumped in and, and yeah, then... That all happened. But you were you really hero tanked, kind of pivoted on you, like uh, the NCPL or basically N3 attacked your Titan, your avatar, and they couldn't sink you. And it took them a long time to try to get through your armor. Yeah, so it came, that 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 whole like so we found out about two years later that there's a there was a bug with CSM characters, um, and we're not. I don't just think it's just CSM characters. It, it was something that they found out a, a while later. Or when, it wasn't ever really confirmed as a bug. But for a certain number of people in the game, you, you, you would always show offline. You would always show offline no matter what. Um, and so they thought I was offline. Because back in the day when bookmarks weren't a thing, were a thing, you could tell if someone was online or offline. It's how they tracked super fleets. It's how they tracked lots of different things. And I was offline during BTECA. That's what they, what they saw. And so they targeted me as for some kind of cheap shot, I guess you could say, as a, oh, well, we can, we can, we can take out Sword Dragon. Um, because his defense this is, is our chance. Because he's offline. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is our chance. And it was like, okay, fair enough. Um, and I was like, I was talking to, um, to Sala at the time. And I was like, dude, I'm not offline. And he's like, I, I, I know, I told them, we, we, we're not going to stop shooting you. And again, down to, it was simply down to the goons, really. Um, they simply had that many carriers and triage carriers that I think I was repping about 2% shield a second and maybe 1% or 2% armor every half a second. Um, and shooting an avatar in a supercat fight is just never a good idea if it's the, if it's the first time. Um, and a lot of people don't know is that during that fight... Um, the Leviathan of I don't know which I don't know which goon it was, but I think it was V's Leviathan or something like that had DC'd at the time, so no um, shield supercaps from both the Russians and the um, goons had links. It didn't have any links, so they could have wiped out a ton of Titans in the time, um, but for God knows what reason they shot me instead. And from about twenty percent armor, I wasn't tackled. Um, but we realized that, that, okay, we could just jump out. Um, and that was like, well, I can either jump out of 20% armor or I can take a knee and get shot for another hour and we kill more Titans. And that's what, that's what I did. Um, and yeah, and then I died and it was the first Titan loss that I'd ever had. And uh, I remember tearing up and then 
V paying me out on on coordination comp. Like suck shit, you lost the Titan. And then um and I remember, yeah, I remember after that just like kind of choking it down and uh yeah, V uh, V being get back to it. And uh then we did, we got we got back to it, and all I did was just alt tab to my Aeon at the time and just kept target calling. Well, yeah, that was a pivotal moment because they worked on you for so long, they must have lost four or five Titans in the process. And that really is when the battle started to change. It really was a battle of attrition, and, and you you gave them a head start. Big it moment. also came down to coordination. There was a lot of good coordination in that fight. I mean, I hope someone someday actually goes in and actually looks at the the what actually happened in the fight. Some people have written about it, but they've never really... I think they've they've kind of been given a story of what actually happened, but there's a lot of pivotal moments inside the fight that really shone in certain issues. Like no one really talks about how Boat was running a Newt Dominix fleet alongside another Solar FC who were, we would pick, I would pick a Titan to shoot and I would pick a secondary and Boat would take his Dominix fleet and sit on that Titan and newt it out before we would get to it. So when we got oh. to the next Titan, it already had no cap. And then, uh, yeah, and then I would call certain DDs for certain Titans and we would ask each FC, okay, how many Titans does Solar have? How many Titans does uh, Goons have ready? And we would pick and choose. And how Manny had jumped into local and was like, oh, you guys are never going to kill me. I'm in a an X-type slaved Archon that can tank like eight Doomsday. And so we picked three Ragnaroks and just killed him. Um, and it was like there's certain things that are definitely missed from that battle that that people you could definitely like honest to god you could write a a massive like book or article about just what happened in that fight yeah. because it was yeah from the FC's Pivotal. perspective which I don't know if it has been covered from the FC's perspective mostly the outside looking in yeah that's true we'll do that so BTECR was a huge moment at that point, you were in darkness, and you're still in darkness. And you, you guys, I think eventually it's known that N3 kind of won the war because they kind of cleared out the Russians from that area. Well, um, that, that so that that happened by um, <laughs> certain Russians disbanding the alliance for personal gain. Um, and that's another thing that like a lot of the Russians don't like to talk about because those Russians became friends with each other afterwards. But during that time, one of the Russians disbanded Darkness in Despair. Mm-hmm. Blamed it on a lot of things that were happening in real life, but it wasn't actually that at all. Um, and uh, that, while I was away from the game, um, after that, yeah, the, the Darkness in Despair got disbanded and um, N3 took control. And when I came back to the game about four months after BTK, um, N3 owned everything. And it was... Oh, you came back? Yeah, we, we, we had... Yeah, so I, I come back and Skillo had made a deal because back then, back in BTECR, I wasn't the leader of Darkness. Um, I was the equivalent of a military director, I guess you could say, or, or the equivalent of like Ash's job in Goons mm-hmm. as Sky Marshal. Um, and uh, I'd gone um, for some real life stuff and I came back. And I came back because Skillo actually asked me to come back and I was like, um, what's going on? And he's like, we're in N3. We signed a deal with a guy called Gorga back then, which is the leader of N3. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, um, fair enough. Um, and the condition for me coming back was that he wanted to give me the CEO ship and 
have me lead darkness for what it was, what I wanted to do in the, in the future, basically. Um, and darkness was, was, was pretty big back then because we'd taken in the refugees from um, the freeze Alliance we were in dinner coalition with, and a few other alliances that had fallen by the wayside at the same time. From there, I believe you went to, well, I don't remember what happened between then and Aquarius, but you were in Aquarius and this was right around when Phoebe jump uh, nerfs came in and you managed to win back Aquarius from a goon swarm invasion. So it didn't happen like that. We moved to, we moved to, um, to Delve uh, to live with an alliance um, because we saw that goons were, they were going to um, consolidate and give up Delve and uh, are going to give up Delve and Fountain and consolidate into the Northern regions because they just, they decided to be conservative. So we went and took Delve with a, another alliance called the Kadeshi. We became the Dakeshi at the time. Silly name again. Um, and we took we took the north. Uh, we took sorry. We took Delve, and um, yeah. So uh, it was it was a great idea back then of that. Uh, let's invade Fountain, and it didn't work. Uh, and so the repercussions was goons as they're kind of okay. You came after us. You've now lost the war. We'll come after you. Um, so they took Delve. And then NC Dot decided to leave uh, Aquarius at the time. Yeah. Um, and so we moved into Aquarius. And Asher's crew, actually, he um, we had a really good campaign against Asher in. Um, right. That's what I'm thinking. In a of, system called called ED Dad, and it was it was the last system that he held, and he held it for a while until the end when we realized the system only had ten moons, um, and we moon blocked him in the end. Um, and it was the the last kind of we we sacrificed a massive amount of a massive amount of isk and stuff to get rid of him. It was just before they changed the self. Um, and yeah, we managed to kill the TCU, and then Asher went back to um to Declan. But we had a really really good. He was a really good Ishtar FC back then, and he is still now. Um, but we he taught. He taught us the taught well, we taught each other a lot of different things in that in that fight, and we eventually won it. But it was a it was a bloody battle, but fun at the same time. Yeah, now I remember that because I thought, oh, you guys are in a lot of trouble, and then you guys started winning, and I was like, where are they pulling out these wins? They're they're beating back the uh, the reavers. Yeah, really it came down menaced. it came down to doctrines. Asher is very good at adapting, but he's very good to learn against. So it was um. It was good for us to to have a chance to learn against him, and we and we, uh, it was back before Ishtar's got their um their control nerf, um, and so we basically went into the fights, um, with T3 fleets being dominant. This was back before they nerfed T3s, and you could get a ridiculous amount of um, amount of EHP out of them, and 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 this was before Lynx was also nerfed, and so for a lot of the fights we used Erebus Lynx, Erebus Lynx, which gave like a I think it was, I can't remember what it was. It was either 7% or 30% bonus to EHP to armor, armor mount, sorry. So we would run an avatar in, um, in FC and then run a Erebus in wing commands. So you'd have extra cap from the avatars and extra EHP from the Erebus. And it simply just came down to we could tank them. We could run around chasing him all the time and just tank them. Um, and that's what it came down to. And, and that's not really that, that, possible these days because the meta has changed but back then it was it was about who could adapt and stuff 
Well, that's interesting. And to this day, you're still fighting against Asher, but this time up in the north. But you're still with darkness. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 um the meta has changed. Um, Asher is still entertaining to to fight against from a meta point of view. Um, you can you always get the chance to test out your doctrines and adapt as it is because he's he's probably out of all the FCs I've ever ever flown against in the what 12, 13 plus years I've played. Um, He's probably one of the best kiting FCs I've ever I've ever flown against. I think probably the, the 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 other one that would be on his level would be a guy called Makalu, and he was from AAA at the time. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a great kiting FC. He can brawl as well, but he's a great kiting FC, and that's what his his big thing is. And that's yeah, that's where he stands. Is that a little tougher because you have to be mobile and? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely. I don't know. I mean, it, it it's it all depends on the FC, really. It depends on the pilots that are under them, and a lot of the times, kiting can be a lot harder when you get massive fleet numbers, because it's much easier to pick off the, the stragglers and stuff like that. There's a lot easier to get bubbles, but when you're in a core group like he does with his with his squad, he does really well with it. So you're one of the rare old school types of FC and CEO combinations. Like you're the leader of your coalition, like that's not disputed. You're also the head FC. Uh, is that so? You're drawing on two powers instead of some places split it up between the CEOs, the diplos, and the FCs. Is that is that? A yeah. So work? these days, these days I don't FC as much due to real life, or I own the FC when it's like a real serious war. I like to give the power back to my FCs, um, so they get to decide a lot of the things that happen. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how it works but at the same time yeah i mean I'm, I'm probably the i think me and vince and maybe capua from i guess you could say grass from try as well as the last fcs that are leading their alliances at least oh well at least as well from pl as well so there's a couple still left that do it but from a from a, a massive group standpoint i guess the two would be me and vince really so we have the the big groups still that that fc um, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, an age difference. And I mean, I've, I've only just recently employed, um, a Diplo. I used to handle it all myself. Um, and there was just no need for it. Now I gave it off to someone that, that could put the time and effort into it. Again, your career is like, you keep popping up in important battles, at least that I've seen over the years. And what's the, um, and some of them have been failures like, uh, honey, honey badgers and stuff things went wrong like what's the secret to the resilience um i guess the thing is there's no one else i mean i've, I've been very close to quitting the game multiple times but the heart the the thing is you don't want to do want to let down the people that are underneath you i made the um i uh i made the stupid mistake of writing a, a tweet not too long ago using the wrong words and i was eviscerated for it um mm-hmm. But for me, it's more about the people that surround you. You feel that it's really hard to let them down. And I've been called all kinds of things in the past. And and the one thing that I care about is what my people feel about me. I can be I can be eviscerated in places like Reddit and Twitter and all those different places. And sometimes it can get me down. Don't get me wrong. Um, but my people who I who I lead are, are happy with me. And uh, at least from what I know. And so that's, that's been the way that's always kept me going. I found that it's getting um, 
from the people that I played with, the leaders at the start, um, it's getting lonelier in that sense. I think Vince is the only one left from my age. Um, death is now mostly gone. Uh, Ex-death, sorry. Mm-hmm. From from um, them. I mean, Matani's Matani's the next. Matani's is Elisa's generation, the generation yeah. after us. Um, and so it gets it gets kind of lonely, not in the sense of oh my god, poor me, I'm alone, but in the sense of it, it's really um, interesting to see who's still left. Um, and a lot of people are left. Like a lot of people don't have the time. And I mean. Me, me personally, at this age now, I've got like I've got a, a a new boy. I've got a I've got a new kid, who's like one and a half. I'm I'm, I'm married and starting a life. Just started a new job, um, so I've gotten better at time management. But at the same time, like I had, I didn't have that need for time management back in the day because I didn't have all of these things. Um, I was just a spaceship nerd playing eighteen hours a day doing stupid shit and nowadays is this i started playing when i was something like 15 and now i'm yeah now i'm 30 and shit there's there's the last 15 years of my life gone and and sometimes i look at it and go shit am i really going to play this game for 15 more years and yeah is the game still going to be around for 15 more years right so let's talk about uh, csm which you were a part of not only once, but twice or more, right? How many times have you been on CSM? Two and a half times, if you calculate this being half a time. Okay. Two and a half times. Right. What is it about Eve that you're like out to protect? What is, what is it that you do on the CSM that... I noticed actually on the minutes that you talked 50% of the time. So you were very active during this summit. Um, but what is it you're trying yeah. to protect about Eve? <laughs> so... The one thing I want to say, and it makes it makes it very hard for my CSM, my, my fellow CSM members, because it puts a lot of stress on them, not just on me. Um, the reason, and I brought this on a few of the podcasts I've been on, the reason I talk so much is because that's what's been released in the minutes. Mm-hmm. So I come, I come from a from a from a platform of, I want to fix existing issues inside the game, and I want to make them better. Now, generally, those aren't covered by NDA because they're already out in the game. They're already like the iterations that they want to have done to it. They don't have any reason to hide it behind an NDA. That doesn't mean that my other fellow CSM members don't talk. It just means most of the time it actually has to do with it being covered by NDA. That at the same time doesn't actually equivocate to me not talking too much. Sometimes I do. That's that's a that's a given. Um, but I do want to like kind of like put a disclaimer in there that the other CSMers did talk as well. Just maybe my stuff was the stuff that got reported on the most. Right. So NDA blocked uh, or the censorship from CCP blocked the stuff that they might've talked about. So it looked disproportional. Yeah. I mean, I still did talk a lot. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of things to bring up. I have a lot of, I'm a veteran in this game. I was the oldest playing CSM member of everybody. I'm probably have been involved in more stuff than most of the CSM members. That doesn't mean that I'm the only one that can give an opinion. It just means I have quite a big insight into things. And that's what's that's what's always good about the CSM is that I I believe I have a lot to bring to it. I believe that as a whole, and I do believe that people should vote for me if they believe the same. But at the same time, I'm not a, aside from democracy. I'm not aside from okay. If you believe that someone else has more to give, then so be it. The perfect example is Ayuth. 
purple. I think did I say his name? I can never get his name correct. Um, is it Ayuth? Arith? Arith. Oh. I think it's Arith. <laughs> yeah. Arith. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people likes to give him shit because, oh well, he's just a goon candidate. It's a popularity contest. Blah 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 blah. Yep, sure, whatever. But he is one of the best CSM members I have ever fucking worked with, ever. The guy is passionate, and he's not just passionate about stuff at 0.0. Like, that's what makes things different, is a lot of people think it's just a popularity contest. But a lot of these people, generally speaking, will spend a lot of time on the CSM doing things right. And that goes the same for this, like, past summit. This past summit was super positive. And it's the first time that we... Okay, about 70% of it was positive. I'll say that. 25% of it was a bit of a train wreck, but that's just that's just normal. Um, but we actually got to see the positive effects from the summit in the next couple of patches that came afterwards. And you don't always get to see that. And that's definitely the reason why I'm advocating more for this CSM compared to the other CSMs that I've been on. Yeah. Well, who are some of the guys that you talk to like who your constituency is who so the, the 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 constituency i've always relied on obviously i have my own block in eve as well um and i also talk to a lot of the leaders and fcs of 0.0 i have a server where i have all of the i, I try to have all of the main fcs from any 0.0 block where people can talk the problem is on account of that because I don't moderate it, because it's like Reddit, as you could say, it doesn't have any moderation. People don't tend to tend to like to be in there. But I also like to make myself available to no matter what alliance you're from, be it goons, test, drones, uh, always be able to come to me with issues. Um, and that was the reason why this year when I got on the CSM, I spent a lot of time giving access to people to me if they wanted to bring something up and then i had a list to go to um the summit on but i'm also the kind of person that if someone wants to debate with me or bring me a problem on either the public discord or anywhere else i'm always open to talking to things and i'm i'm happy to to answer the questions on reddit if people have them as well um i tend to stay away from it as much as anything uh, i was banned in the past on reddit um because of yeah, issues um so I'm always there to talk. Uh, I just feel sometimes people see me as an asshole. And in reality, I, I can be. But I always want people to know that if they have a genuine issue, I will take anyone's issue to CCP. I don't, it, as long as I believe it is an issue. So sometimes people will bring something to me and I'll be like, okay, well, I need more information. I can't give it to CCP if I don't understand the issue myself. And it's the same with a feature change. Like I will generally bring up feature changes from anywhere if I believe that I can advocate for it. But if I don't believe I can advocate for it, I won't do it because if I'm not passionate about it myself, it's very hard to bring it up to okay. people. And I will leave it up to people who can. Like yeah. like when it comes to war decks, other people are much better. At it. I, be I have my beliefs in it and what I'd like to be changed. But there's other CSM members who are much better at advocating for stuff and doing what's needed for that. And so I I seed the, the floor to them. Yeah, so that's why you have more than one. So what is it about, um, what are you most worried about, or what's the unfinished business that's taking you back to CSM? Why are you going back? This is the golden year. The reality is this is the, this is the year that ends 
the last trail of tears of the last well, 14 years of postcode. They're on the precipice of, of finishing the greatest headache the game has ever seen. And that's postcode. It's one of the last legacy codes. Well, it's the second last legacy code, but the, the last legacy code, can, which is corporation management, can be edited and reshaped and stripped out once pauses are removed. And so for someone like me, who's been through all iterations of Starbases and all iterations of corporation management, I believe that I have a really good idea about what should be in the future and what shouldn't be in the future. So this is it. This is when the payoff comes. And you are in a position yeah. of having a ton of experience with corporations and organizations. Yeah, I mean, this is also the year that I actually feel that CCP listens. And not to say they didn't listen on other CSMs, but the 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 C- CSM-CCP relationship right now is at the best it has ever been on any CSM ever. Um the people that they've got in that are running the management level, I mean, Falcon, Guard, um, they're doing an amazing job working with the CCP, with, with the CSM. It was, it sucked to lose uh, Logibro. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they brought in a new guy that um, when Ned, le- um, I don't remember his, his CCP name. Manifest. Um, Manifest left the company. Um, and it's a guy called uh, CCP Grendel. And he's a, He's an amazing guy, and he was firsthand there at the summits talking to us, hearing what we want to do, and he's made it. He's come in, and he's been a breath of fresh air, and Falcon and Guard do it on the daily. They work like hours upon hours to get things how it is, and we feel that, and I personally feel, and don't want to talk about the other CSM members, uh, I feel that this has been the most productive half of the year I've been in, um, and I think it's definitely something that should be enhanced on the big changes to the way that the um, the cycles were. So now that we're going July to July, it's it's a, it, for people who haven't been on the CSM before, it's a massive improvement. For the people who have who haven't been on the CSM, you won't get to see how bad it was for the people that were on the CSM during the other terms, because being based in a European country, June July. May and, and August kind of, uh, May and August are kind of dead. June and July, you are completely dead. There is nothing going on in Iceland. Everyone's gone on holiday. You, you're you useless. There's nothing you can do. And so by starting us at 1st of July, we'll have finished our onboarding. We'll have access to, to HipChat. We'll have access to emails. And we'll basically hit the ground running August 1st. Whereas before now, there was the potential to lose four months of the CSM term just because of summer. And being on the CSM before, I would never have thought to have that kind of influence on the way the CSM-CCP relationship was. And it was brought up by, by our youth at the time. And it was kind of one of those things like, oh, yeah, well, maybe they'll do it. We'll see how it goes. And it turned out they did it. We were like, shit. Okay, we we we're when we're making progress, and then when we got when I got to Fanfest and um, the the CSM was invited to listen in on the practice for the the keynote. It's never happened before. No one has ever got that access before. 
and the influence that we got to have in what they said and having seen the the practice minutes or seen the seen the practice one and seen what they did on stage we actually got to have an influence and these are things that may seem small to a lot of people but to people who have been on the CSM before or see the future of Eve this is the year to be on CSM so it's a great year to be on CSM you're a guy with experience not only in the game, but on CSM, even before when it was hard to be in CSM. And uh, so this is the year that the big transition happens away from pause code. And so you want to be there to influence that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's the gist of it. So one last question for you. If you look back into the young sort's career when he's 15 or 16, what is that moment that, that really hooked you into this game? I think it was um I think it was it was watching as much as watching Empires Fall as well as feeling the loss of when you lose something. But also feeling the the thrill of when you take something away from someone. A lot of people play this game because they want the empire building. Either at the top where they create the empire or at the bottom where they help create the empire. And that's what kept me in the game. It's it's one of those it's one of those things. I, I I couldn't really say it any other way. That's what kind of kept me in it, and it's kept me coming back for years and years on end. And that sense of responsibility is what's propelled you to take leadership when nobody else could. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I'm perfect. Um, that's that's the reality. Is I'm not I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes in the past. Um, I've generally tried to learn from them. A lot of the things that they bring up about me in the past that uh, have happened years ago, um, I always try to adapt. Um, I was a different person than what I was on CSM 10. I was a different person to what I was on when I was on CSM 8. I'm also older. I'm also a father. Um, a lot of those things, you you grow with age and you grow with experience. And... Um, I made some horrible mistakes in the in the past, and Eve, and I've learned from them. Some I haven't, um, but I would say that the, if it comes down to voting, um, I would hope that people would vote based on experience and based on evidence of what I've done in the past, um, and not to follow blindly. And if they decide not to vote for me, vote for a candidate who they believe has the experience to get their thoughts through to the community uh, or th- sorry through to ccp and that's that's like you can follow ballots and generally a lot of alliances that put out balance ballots they put out people that are smart but don't be afraid to be critical even in my own block um don't be afraid to vote for people that you think will be good for the game and if that's not me at the end when this all finishes if it's not me at the end and I don't get on, so be it. If I do, I'll be thankful. If I don't, I'll accept it. Despite all that and all the stuff that you've been through in the game, for better or worse and stuff, you're still you're still here. One of the most resilient players uh, that's played Eve ever. Good luck on your campaign. Cheers, thank you.